This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we're live, baby! Today, we're making the sausage live in front of the Podbean Personal Finance Podcast Week audience, which is much more fun than recording it in front of Joe's mom's cat, Cooper. He just stares at us, kind of threateningly. But just like we're pretending we aren't duct taping this whole podcast together, today, we'll talk about not duct taping your lifestyle design. How do you want to live? To help, joining us from the Afford Anything podcast, we welcome... Paula Pant. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, guys, always love now. Jimmy's finally back in the studio doing his own show, so we'll just settle for Len Penzo like we always seem to settle for. And of course, say hello to our very own OG. Later, we'll magnify money. And I'll share some trivia that'll end with someone in our studio audience getting some free stacking Benjamin swag. And now, a guy who has a voice for radio, not a face for live events, as you can see, it's Joe Salcihai. And luckily, this live event is audio only. Hey, everybody. Welcome to non-video events for the win podcast. I'm Joe Saul. See, hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And we're so happy to be live with uh, a few of our stacker friends and maybe new stackers here kicking off or helping to kick off personal finance podcast week on Podbeam. And let's introduce the team, which by the way, everybody's going to sound a little different today because the way we record this, it's all using our phones. So you thought we were retro with uh, my dad's shortwave radio. We're going big time retro today. And the guy who's been retro from the beginning, he was the OG retro guy. Say hello to OG. What's happening? I'm uh, uh, cautiously optimistic our internet will hold. The kids are still at school, so the fortnighting will not happen for a while. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to pull this off. <laughs> I'm also I'm also wondering about my phone battery because being a frugal dude, OG, I've got this phone. You've seen my phone. My phone is is old. It has a crank on the side, and I'm wondering if the it's a flip if, phone. <laughs> I, I wonder if the battery's going to hold out the whole time we do this. You know what's really amazing is they actually make these really cool things. Um, uh, what are they called? Oh, chargers. Yeah. Oh. Plug it in the bottom of your phone and it lasts indefinitely. As long as there's electricity, it's really quite amazing. Never, well, you know what they did? Uh, Apple went and, and you know, we can rant about this later, but Apple, Apple went and got rid of the place I can charge it because to be able to hear you and not hear these echoes while we record this, I have to have my headphones plugged in here. So. Mm. 
They also uh, will sell you for twenty nine ninety five an adapter no, that uh, will no, allow you to do both. No way. Way. Hey, and the woman we call the adapter on this podcast, I don't know if that's a great <laughs> intro or not. Pull a pin from Afford Anything's here. Oh, I'm dialing in from a landline. It's attached to my wall. <laughs> nice. Nice. You're dialing in from an old style British phone booth. Oh, yeah. Rotary. Rotary phone landline. Do you enjoy podcasting live, Paula? Oh, I don't not enjoy it. (laughs) Good good answer. Nice. Good job. And the guy who enjoys everything, but with the delay, uh, deep in his bunker, it's Mr. Len Penzo with us. You know, I'm not in my bunker. I am out of my bunker. I'm in the middle of my cul-de-sac. Hopefully that this changes the whole thing. So how am I coming through, my friend? We had a big delay on setup, but you've got no delay now. So that's great. I guess I'll just sit out here in the cul-de-sac and maybe uh, all my neighbors can come in and listen to the show live here out in the, in the cul-de-sac. Now, how many, how many years has it been since you've been out of the bunker and can actually see the sun? <laughs> Actually, I'm squinting right now. It's a, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking it's Groundhog Day. They're looking at the idiot sticking his head up out of the bunker. But uh, it's been a while, Joe. It's actually nice to be out here. I'm sure a lot of my neighbors haven't seen me in a while. Yeah, They're they, probably looking out their windows right now, looking at me going, what the hell is this guy doing? They didn't even know somebody owned the property right underneath their house. That's how, that's how bad. Like, who the hell is that, Martha? I got, I got no idea. Well, we got Len here. We got Paula here. We got OG here. Today, we're talking about lifestyle design. Let's get on it but first all right time for us to talk lifestyle design so let's get moving And our piece today comes to us from the Pioneers blog, which I don't know if they won the I suppose I should have looked this up if they won the Plutus award this year or not but I know that they were nominated in several categories and Love this blog. And and Jessica, one of the pioneers, wrote this, actively choose to design your life. And she wrote something I think, guys, that is true for a lot of us. She said, for much of my life, I followed the default path. At some points, I thought I was paving my own path. But in reality, I was doing a lot of what I should do or what, or I was doing the opposite of what someone else told me. I should do growing up. I did everything I was supposed to do. I got good grades in school, played all the sports, played various musical instruments involved in my youth group, did plenty of extracurricular activities and volunteering, went straight to college. But then she talks about actually designing her life, about changing her life and deciding what she wants. And I wonder, Len, you know, you're a guy who's worked his career for the man, right? And I want to start with you because I think that You've been on this journey that in some ways reflects what a lot of people hope for, right? Work for somebody who can keep you employed for a long period of time. Was there a point where you thought, you know, I'm too much on the conveyor belt and I'm not designing my life enough? I guess the problem is I knew what I wanted to do from before I went to college. So I knew what my talents were in college or before college. So I went to college, I became an engineer and I planned my whole life around a career that you know, would be rewarding to me. And, and I know the, the woman who wrote this article, it sounded like she got into a job that she was not very, I guess she wasn't satisfied with. And so, and I can see how she got into that rut. She only realized after she went to college and got a job that she didn't really like what she was doing. So it really helps if you can kind of map this stuff out and map your careers and what you like and what you think you're good at before before you get a job or go to college to get a certain degree. But that's so hard to do, OG, exactly what uh, Len's talking about, because you don't have any of that life experience to draw on to actually do what he's saying we should probably do. Know what I want to do before I go to college? I don't even know what I want to do right now. And I've been doing this for 20 years. I think if you've got the opportunity to to have a clear path in front of you early on, you know, there's some people who are just born to be you know, working for the man like, uh, like Len does or, or people who say, Hey, I knew from the beginning, it was going to be a teacher or a physician or whatever. I think that's awesome. But a lot of times I think, especially early on in that kind of early college time, late high school, early college time, 
you know, you're, you're just, you're figuring out what you like, you know? I mean, I didn't know I liked sociology until I took a sociology class and I was like, I really like it. It's kind of cool, you know? So I think it's still a time of exploration and, and maybe even for, you know, the 10 or 15 years thereafter. When did you though pivot to actively designing your life instead of riding along? Oh, um, I would say probably, I feel like it was in the latter part of, of the last decade. Well, you know, uh, like 2009, 2010 time period, you know, you and I both worked for Ameriprise for a long time. And, uh, but I think right as I left there and started my own firm was also the time where we were having, you know, starting to have kids and, you know, that other stuff became a little bit more important to me, like hanging out with family and watch my kids grow up and that sort of stuff. And so I would have been in my early thirties, I think at that time. Paula, one thing that Jessica wrote here that hit me hard was so many shoulds. And I got to the point Mm -hmm. in my life where as I was turning 40, I realized that being a financial planner was fine. It was good, but it was not what I wanted to do. And a friend of mine said he had a lot of mountains, other mountains to climb as he was leaving uh, financial planning. And he actually went and climbed a bunch of mountains. (laughs) He, he, He was not even kidding. And for me, it hit me hard. Like I realized that for the first 40 years of my life, I had so many shoulds. Have you had that, the should monster and then changed it into action? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's perhaps universally experienced where we feel the pressure that comes from parents from not wanting to disappoint, um, you know, the parents who have sacrificed so much for us and for our, our family and our friends and community in general. I think there's a, a, it can be hard to know the difference between what others want for you and what you want for yourself. Sometimes those two voices sound interchangeable, even inside your own mind. What I've discovered is that, at least on my journey, what has mattered most is not specifically what I do, but rather how I do it. And here's what I mean by that. So the things that we do right now, like like at this very moment, we are live podcasting through our smartphones. That didn't exist when we were in college. You know, it didn't even exist when I was in college. And so it, it isn't the what, it isn't the I want to grow up to be a YouTuber because there's no amount of foresight could help you figure that out. And the same is true with people who are in college today. There are going to be technologies that we can't even imagine, jobs that didn't exist that will, uh, that will exist 20 years from now. But I think that core skill set of understanding finance or being an entrepreneur or being a performer or a, a broadcaster generally, being an educator, no matter what iteration that takes. I think those broad universal skill sets um, that align with your interests that can be transferable across platforms and across industries, that is where you find what you do and then adapt it to the opportunities in front of you. So when did you make the switch or did you make the switch or have you always been since birth like a lifestyle designer? (laughs) I don't think that there is a, it's not a binary zero one, like before and after. I think it's a ongoing evolution and a constant iteration. So I went into college thinking that, that I would eventually go to law school. So I went into college figuring that I would be pre-law, but it wasn't because I necessarily wanted to be a lawyer. It was because I wanted to like, quote unquote, be a professional And every other profession that I could think of was in a STEM field. And I knew that I didn't want to go into STEM. And so I figured lawyer was the only thing that was left. So (laughs) Process of elimination. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's obviously a terrible way of choosing a career path, but it stems from, no, no pun intended, stems from a lack of knowledge about what's out there and what's available. Len, for you, when it's come to lifestyle design, where have you feel like, because there's a few inflection points, right? Where lifestyle design really matters for you. Where are those points as you look back? Well, once I had kids was probably the biggest one. That's where I really start worrying, not worrying, where I start thinking about how much effort do I want to put into my current job? How much time do I want to spend away from uh, home? How much extra effort do I want to do to get that promotion? That's when those questions really started coming up. How much time do I want to spend for my family versus my work? I'd say that was the biggest one right there. 
And that is a huge decision you have to make, especially if you're in the corporate world like I am, because that can have some severe impacts on your career trajectory, how much money you're going to earn, and by extension, uh, how long it's going to take you to become potentially you know, financially independent. And some people listening are wondering, what does this have to do with money? My next question, I think, will start to answer that. When you decided, made some changes to your life after you had kids, how did that change the way that you save money and where you save money? Well, obviously, the first thing you're doing is, and this changed down the road, but it was college. You're, you're all of a sudden, you're worried about, well, now I've got these, these children who I have to look for their education for. So I have to somehow start putting more aside for them, not just for me and, and the honeybee and, and what we want for our near-term wants, but we have to start thinking about those kids. So a lot of it is schooling. And of course, down the road, that eventually changed because I began seeing how college, uh, unless you were going into a STEM field, really didn't have a very good ROI. And so then I tried nudging my kids <laughs> either if they weren't going to go into STEM to do something that they could have a, a nice career and not get themselves in debt. And, you know, when, once they're out of college and start making money. Oh, gee, is this why so many people fall for scams? Because instead of having a lifestyle design where we position our money around those things that we really want, we just want more. And that's why we fall for the next hot thing. Somebody on TikTok making this cool video where we can, you know, go from a hundred dollars to billions. I don't know if scam is the right way to put this, but I would say maybe more the get rich quick type stuff. As you think about all of the opportunities that you've had, Joe, over your lifetime, I think we can all look back. I know I certainly do and say back when the Roth IRA started in 1998, I think the limit at the time was $2,000 a year, right? It's $166 a month. And, and I didn't put money in the Roth for years, you know, and now I look back and I'm thinking, what in the heck was wrong with me? Like I didn't have a hundred bucks or 50 or 25 or 10 or, or a dollar. You know, I could have put something away. And so when you get behind a little bit, then you start looking for the catch up and you say, well, now I'm 40 and I haven't done anything. Or I'm 50 and I haven't done anything. Or I'm 55 and I haven't done anything. And so then you start looking for, you know, how am I going to catch up from that mistake or, or those mistakes? But the reality is, is that the power of compounding and, and, and the benefits of diversification, all that stuff that, that you hear everybody talk about pays off over long periods of time. But you have long periods of time if you're 50, you know, if you're 45 and you're like, oh, my goodness, my kids are starting school and in five years from now or 10 years from now, what do I do? Well, you can't do nothing. You know, you have to do something. And and if you just start, you'll be surprised at the impact of, of doing something along the way uh, has over a shorter period of time. Now, obviously, it would have been better to do 25 years ago. We all understand that. But um, that saying that we like so much, you know, when when's the best time to plant a tree 10 years ago? What's the second best time to plant a tree is today? So let's get going. We've got somebody in our live audience, uh, PBG. Uh, saying you can't go backward, just figure out where you are and start from there. So somebody is on the same page as you, OG. You know, it's interesting when we talk about this because I think this is where people really make mistakes is because they, OG, they get started, but without any sense of values or what I what I really am hoping for, they start off on the wrong path. And that's maybe why they miss out on things like the Roth IRA, because there's also the opposite, right? I put money in a Roth IRA and then I realize that I've got a bunch of short-term needs where I really could use the money today. And now I have to figure out how to get it out. Yeah, I suppose, but I don't want that to turn into a cop-out either. You know what I mean? I don't want somebody who's just getting started to say, oh, well, I don't really know what I want to do. So I better, I better not do anything. You know, I better not put any money away long term because I might need it short term. So you don't want to use that as a cop out. But flexibility matters. You know, when you think about different places to put your money or different time horizons or different types of investments or whatever the case might be, I think it'd be really important to to recognize the ins and the outs of of the different places. Because, yeah, if you don't know, maybe you just put the money in a regular investment account and then you make a decision once a year whether or not you're going to transfer that money into your Roth using that as an example. But some universal principles are going to be always true. If your company's giving you free money, if you contribute a little bit, you better be Take putting it. in the, the, the free money also. Yeah. Let's talk about the system of design. Paula 
I was just reading about how Bill Gates, I think once a year, will take a bunch of books and goes out to this island. I don't even know if they have mm-hmm. electricity on this cabin, and he'll use that time to think. Do you mm-hmm. have a designated time once or twice a year when you really think about design? I do. I do. So every September, I take a, what I call the September sabbatical. So I take a month off of most content production and just spend that time working on long-term projects or thinking. Uh, the other thing I do is I make sure that there's at least one day a week that I'm not working, actively working. I'm not sending emails, but I might spend that time thinking, journaling, planning, reading, or not. Or, you know, I might just spend that time cleaning and catching up on errands. But even those sorts of like household chores still gives me time to think about the week ahead and think about big picture what's going on. Yeah, I'm a fan of Austin Kleon, as you know, and he talks about that time away really informs that that's when we get our best ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Len, how about you? Do you and the honeybee uh, set aside time a couple times a year or weekly or, you know, every 45 minutes or whenever she tells you? Okay. I missed part of it because it was set aside time for what, Joe? Set, set aside time for lifestyle design to think about where are we headed? <laughs> it's interesting because I've, again, brought this up on my blog this week. It's called strategic planning. And yes, we do that once a year. We sit down. And we figure out what we're going to be focusing our long-term wants into. So that's a once a year thing. I, I'd say that from a lifestyle perspective, though, you know, when you get to be as old as I am, Joe, we're pretty much set in our ways. And I think we know exactly how our lifestyle, we, our lifestyle is set. I, there's no more jiggering our lifestyle anymore. <laughs> I'm just waiting to go into the grave is what I'm doing now. <laughs> and that's why you built the bunker, just to be a little bit closer. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now, you know, my last major lifestyle change, like I said, was my kids, I think. So after that, it's been, uh, we've been on autopilot. I'm laughing, Len, because I think you as an engineer, like you and the honeybee <laughs> sit down with goals and you always have like, make sure the goals are smart goals, right? And you do a SWOT analysis. What are the threats? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know me, you know me, I am so risk averse, you know, that's why I have this. Yes. Thank God, you know, she, uh, the honeybee is not, not quite as risk averse. And that's thank God for that, because I don't think I'd ever come out of the bunker or spend a dime on anything if it wasn't for her. So yeah, she's definitely a good yin to your yan. <laughs> yes, she is. Definitely. Yes, yes. Uh, as is Mrs. OG. Uh, how do you guys do it? When do you set aside time for your lifestyle design? Well, I think, you know, from a business standpoint, and a lot of our personal stuff kind of bleeds over into the personal side of things, because everything's so interrelated, I think. The first area is in our quarterly strategic coach groups. You know, Joe, you and I are both in strategic coach, which is the entrepreneur coaching program. And I think just that time away for nothing other than being around other business owners and, and, and forcing yourself to have thinking time is super important. Last year, I know, obviously, it was a lot, a lot more difficult with COVID and stuff, but I, but I was able to get away just for two days and went to just went to a hotel. There wasn't anybody there and just sat in the lobby with a notebook and just spent time thinking. Like Paula said, you have to have time where you're not actively working. And we, you know, we call those free days. But um, those things are super important because a lot of times those best ideas somebody wrote in the chat, your <laughs> best ideas come in the shower. And that's true. Your best ideas do come when you're exercising or when you're out in nature, or when you're uh, listening to music or something like that. And you know, it's, it's very difficult to uh, have those pop in your mind when you're in the middle of it. Jessica goes through the three stages of how she designs her life. I'll link to this in the, our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. But this all is really, for me, I think the biggest driver of success or failure in your portfolio It's not finding the right fund, the right investment, the right hot thing. It's about having the money there when you need it, which is why I'm so glad we talked about it today. I guess that's my big takeaway. Paula, what's your takeaway? I'd say the takeaway is intentionality, that it's not necessarily about what decision you make. It's about uh, how much thought you put behind the decision you make. Yeah. Uh, And it drives everything. Len, how about you? Okay, let me sum. If I was to summarize this, this is what I'd say. Get a pencil, everybody, if you don't have one already. So, what? Identify your interests and maybe hobbies that you enjoy. Identify your work ethic, the level, the amount of effort you wanted to put into something. Identify your financial goals. Know your talents, 
and then see how you can leverage those talents and interests into a rewarding career that you can actually make those financial goals a reality. And if you can't do that, then you have to kind of do some self-reflection, right? So you either have to get more knowledgeable about what you really like to do, or you have to scale back your financial goals, or you have to strengthen your work ethic. But you're going to have to do one of those changes if you're not lining up what you want to do with your lifestyle design. So that's how I sum it up. Oh, I love it. Oh, gee, you got the last word. How am I supposed to beat both of those? They took all the good ones. It's always challenging being the last one because you're like, what they said? (laughs) Ditto. Ditto. You you don't say that in the trivia. You don't say that in the trivia. I I should because I'm getting smoked every every week. I I want want Len's trivia answer. Oh, Len's been setting the bar on the trivia for for Uh, weeks. For weeks, like months, actually, I think even. Yeah. I'm just going to dovetail a little bit onto what Len said because this is kind of where I was headed with it also is the power of writing down what you want to have happen in your life is so underappreciated. I have so many different times in my life where I've gone through a goal workshop, you know, a Tony Robbins tape or a exercise we did at my other company or whatever. And, you know, that stuff is kind of feels kind of hokey maybe. And like Len said, you write it down. And obviously it's really great if you review it from time to time, you know, you put it on the sticky notes on your mirror in your bathroom or something like that. But even if you don't, just the exercise of actually writing it down makes it so powerful. I've had many times where I've found that piece of paper, you know, seven years later and it's like, oh yeah, I did all those things. That's cool. Or I did most of them or whatever. So you can do anything that you want. You know, you just have to put your mind to it. And it sounds kind of silly to say, but if you do that and then also write it down and then God forbid, reflect on it from time to time, I think you got a pretty good chance. This episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, trivia fans. Hit your beloved host of this podcast, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And it's not very often that people are delighted to see me live. But when my fans call, man, I answer. And today, I'm going to show up in a big way and get some lucky stacker, some world-class swag. So let's get to today's trivia question. Just like being good with money means knowing when to quit, it's the same with arguments with Joe's mom. Reddit GameStop uprisings? And it turns out, civil war conflicts. Today's the anniversary of Robert E. Lee's surrender to end the American Civil War. So the question is, What year did that happen? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can fast forward to the answer because you can. Hey, live audience, shh, don't help them. Make them earn it. For those of you new to this show, we have a year-long trivia contest between our three contributors and uh, our two-time champion, Len Penzo, has five wins so far. OG also has five, and Paula has three. So Paula reassumes, after being in a tie a couple weeks ago, Paula, you've reassumed (laughs) your (laughs) traditional spot, (laughs) which means... That Len is going to go first, OG is going to go second, and Paula has the benefit of going last. I don't know if it's a benefit here. depends on how good you are at history. And Mm -hmm. luckily, we're not getting any uh, decent answers from – I was worried that the live audience was going to chime in, but we've got 57 BC in 2024, so nice, nice, (laughs) nice job. They're also playing on behalf of people here in our live audience. We thought we'd have some fun. So, uh, Len, you're going first, and you are – playing on behalf of uh, PBG. So here we go. Uh, Len? Yes? What are you thinking? 
the year that uh, Lee surrendered? Yes. For the Civil War? I'm pretty sure that was 1865. 1865 is Mr. Penzo's guest. OG? I'm curious if we have to have a tie break of some kind. Uh, what do you mean? Well, what if I also want to guess 1865? Too late. Too late. Too late. You can't. This feels like the barrel jumping episode, doesn't it? Exactly. Yes. 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 I, I I refuse to play. It's like, <laughs> if you know the answer, you know the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not fair that he gets to go first and pick an answer that someone else wants. <laughs> OG, how many times have so, I set the bar for you? How many times? <laughs> I, I feel like we and should be a little closer have I than been the Chelsea year. Brennan. I've been Chelsea Brennan how many times? Hey, uh, let me just, can I just jump in here? So You're done, Paula. Paula, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the thing is, I was also going to guess 1865. Like, I am certain <laughs> that the Civil War was 1861 to 1865. So I was also going to guess that same year. There's a suggestion from the audience to go with uh, the the date and time, or or well, at a minimum we, the month. <laughs> since we know, because Doug just said that it was on today's date. Like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I missed that. I would have gotten that wrong. <laughs> so, Joe, let's, so PBG, just uh, send your t-shirt size and w- into Joe, and uh, congratulations. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd love to. It, it, I, <laughs> It'd be hilarious if we're all wrong. That's what I was about to say. I'd love to tell you if you three geniuses are right or not, but we don't do that yet. We'll be right back. Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. So, Mr. Penzo, you kicked this off by saying 1865, and there were protests from the from the peanut gallery from everywhere. I think, o, I think OG would throw something at you if he could. You know what? Being first has its rewards. So, you know what? You just got to work a little harder, OG. Well, well let's, I did. I actually nailed the date. So, what's up? Let's see. Let's see if you three rocket scientists really got it going on, Doug. Stackers, I'm going to need you all to just back off and take it easy. I mean, all these autograph requests are starting to take their toll. I'm a professional, but even the best and brightest have their limits. Can you say carpal tunnel? My mouth is also worn out from smiling for all of these picture requests. I mean, look over there. I mean, I know he's got a bag over his head, but OG is right there. Go ask him for a picture before he feels left out. 
All right. Okay. All right. My fans are calling. So I got to get us on to the trivia answer. The question was, what year did Robert E. Lee surrender in the American Civil War? If you guessed 1865, you'd be right. It's time for me to go put on my smile and take like a bazillion more pictures. See ya. Knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like high school history class, you know? It's like, when did Columbus find uh, uh, the... Sail the ocean blue? Yeah, sail the ocean blue. <laughs> yeah. You can't even come up with the same. It's like, yeah, but I know the answer is 1492. <laughs> when did Columbus do that one thing? You know, that stuff. <laughs> it's... So good. And uh, I can hear the paper across the table. Is, oh, what, what, what was the date? Filing his protest. <laughs> what was the date? April. Well, I, the, the second. Hmm. This is the second protested uh, uh, <laughs> trivia recently. I just, you know. Uh, so, sounds like somebody's a sore loser. <laughs> I didn't lose. I got it right. Before. Well, you know what makes 1865 so memorable is that so many classes divide the history lesson such that it's like U.S. history up to 1865 and then U.S. history 1865 and forward. And That's so, how like, I remembered it too, Paula. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I, That's funny. I, I remembered it because I read the book and I and I took it all in and I just, just know read it. it. Wait, which book? Oh, your textbook? <laughs> Len's like, all I had to do is look at my tattoo. <laughs> Len's like, that was the day I was born. So we're, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, before OG kicks over this whole podcast, let's uh, take out the magnifying glass and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. Len, you know what happens when you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money? Heck yeah, man. This is where you make a ton of money, way more than a regular bank. You get more money on your savings accounts and all that good stuff. So do magnify money. Did that go through? That was beautiful. <laughs> nice job. Okay. Stackybenjamins.com right. forward slash magnify money. Hey, and today we have actually a letter. And this letter was interesting. Talk about, you know, we had trivia today that was a little different. We're trying to mix it up on our live broadcast today, but we also have a different type oh. of questions. Lou asks, uh, SB team, you're my favorite money cast. Thank you, Lou. You sometimes talk about your favorite movies and TV shows. What are your favorite non-money podcasts? I'd love to hear that. Thanks. Well, thanks for that question, Lou. And Len, why don't we, why don't we start with you? A non, non-money podcast. You know what? I'm sorry. I, I the only one I have that can be close to non-money is Peter Schiff's macroeconomic podcast. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. That, that's a. I, honestly, I, I don't. Uh, the only podcasts I listen to are money-related podcasts. So. Sorry. <laughs> uh, by the way, Peter Schiff uh, taking part in uh, this weekend's events here live. So, for those the of great you Peter Schiff. The yep. great Peter Schiff, yes. For those of you who are live, you can hear him on uh, on Saturday. You'll hear him tomorrow. Paula, I know that you've got uh, quite a few. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, okay, so I'm, I'm going to talk about four. So one of them is called All In, and it's uh, a bunch of VCs. It's um, Jason Cal... Cal- how do you how how do you say his uh, last name? Uh, Calicanis. <laughs> Cali- Jason. Uh, 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 the famous Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Calidocious. Um, Cal- yeah, Calicanus. Super frolicagilistic. Ca- yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, it's Jason and Chamath, and, and it's, it's a bunch of like very famous VCs, but they're very insightful. So the All In podcast, that's a great one. Hidden Brain is a fantastic podcast. It's all about behavior, like, you know, hidden motivations and, and human behavior. The Sam Harris's podcast, uh, what's uh, Making Sense by Sam Harris, is also an excellent one. And the Knowledge Project by Shane Parrish. It's not like half the personal finance podcasts that are making sense. C E N T S. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's so funny. Oh, clever. That is clever. It's so funny. But very seriously, that was the first radio show OG and I appeared on together at that day. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I can I throw in a fifth one? There's also This Week in Virology, which is this a podcast. Week in Viro- There's a podcast for everything. 
Yeah. A podcast about viruses. And, and they've been podcasting for years, you know, years and years and years. And prior to 2020, they were like a bunch of virologists who were podcasting to an audience of predominantly other virologists. And then in 2020, the listenership just exploded. Um, so it's really interesting to go back to. So there's no more listeners? <laughs> but I'm. <laughs> okay. So, but it's very interesting Joke. to go back to like their January 2020 episodes and like listen to what they were talking about back then. And, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I, I have to listen to it twice just to understand half of it. Like it's definitely above my head, but it's fascinating to listen to. Germo here live with us said, I wish there was a podcast with decent trivia. <laughs> oh, that's so great uh len how about you man or well, i already, uh, asked, already you. asked you peter me. schiff yeah. yeah it's hell getting old isn't it that's just... right <laughs> oh gee you've got a list of podcasts over to len let's check out what len did again uh yeah a couple so um you know stuff that i listen to is generally all business related in some way shape or form i'm not going to be downloading any virology episodes, no matter the content, unfortunately, Paula, sorry, but um, I'm sure it's amazing. You're uh, lost. <laughs> I, I bet, actually. I like, uh, there's a show called 10X Talk with uh, Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan. Dan's the creator of Strategic Coach, which I mentioned earlier. Joe Polish is just this amazing connector person, and uh, they have some pretty good shows together. 10x talk is great. I love John Warlow's uh, "Built to Sell," which I think is pretty good. You know, talking to entrepreneurs about their about their businesses and how they go. Uh, you can't miss Guy Raz's "How I Built This." I think is amazing, especially if it's a product that you use. It's just kind of cool to listen to. And kind of the easy ones, Tim Ferriss. There's some. There's always a good one every month and a half or two on that one. I do. I'm like you well. with Tim Ferriss. I pick and choose. Yeah, you know, because this stuff is so long content. It's either somebody I know and uh, get some pretty good reviews or it's somebody I don't recognize. And then on occasion, I'll get uh, ID10T, which is uh, Chris Hardwick's podcast. He'll have some famous people on from time to time, which is uh, kind of fun to listen to. But the rest of the stuff is pretty much all kind of business money, that kind of stuff. I'll Maybe a Joe Rogan every so often. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty pretty, you know, over the top too, but I'll point to just three more uh, people that are longtime fans of this show. Know what a fan I am of 99% invisible and having Roman Mars on the show last uh, fall was a big moment for me. I also really like this show. Uh, and we've also, we were lucky to have her on the show called Betty in the sky with a suitcase. Betty is a flight attendant and she takes her recording device with her on flights. And after they do the beverage service, which of course there hasn't been much in the way of beverage service lately, she takes out a recorder and they talk about hilarious things that happen on airplanes. And oh my goodness, there's some stuff that is uh, not, uh, not, not suitable for, for, <laughs> for every, every audience. So I really like those two. And then uh, Hardcore History, talking about, you know, the day of the Civil War. And it, it, do any of you guys listen to Hardcore History? Nope. Oh, fantastic. It is easily the best uh, history podcast that I've listened to. Just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Joe, Joe, you cut out. Were you saying hardcore what? Yes. Hardcore. Hardcore. Joe? Hardcore. <laughs> Did I miss that? That's, that's a different show. It's a whole okay. different show. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, for today, we'll leave it at Hardcore History, Len. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm just having fun uh, with it. Yes. Joe, your description of uh, Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase reminds me of one other that I have to give a plug to. It's a podcast called Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It is a satire of podcasts. So the guy opens it by saying, this is the Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's podcast, a podcast that explores the question, whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's? 
And then, and every episode, he deep dives into that question. And then there's always a, a completely fake ad at the end of, uh, of the episode, except he advertises these companies that you often hear. I won't name any names, but they are the companies that often advertise on podcasts. So he'll do a satirical <laughs> ad of one of them. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. That's so awesome. We don't get a chance to talk about that stuff much. And obviously being in podcasting, we're all fans of podcasts. So thanks for that question, Lou. If you've got a question for us, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And uh, on a normal week, we would play a voicemail. But with the phone hookup today, um, it was a great time to take that letter. And uh, yeah, have have some fun. That's going to do it for today's show, everybody. By the way, before we end, I, y- you know what? We did not really, I will admit, today's uh, trivia was unlike most. And for all three of the people that uh, Paula OG and Len represented, PBG, Bluebell, and uh, uh, Drew Ship, uh, you guys are all getting some SB swag. So email me, joe at stackybedjamins.com. And if I get like 18 emails, I'm going to figure out who the real three are. <laughs> We'll figure, we'll figure that out. All right. Let's find out what you guys are up to. Len, we'll start with you so you don't have to go after, hey, after right. Paula. Yeah. What's what's going on in the bunker? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's always, that's always a tough act to follow. Uh, seven most popular ways people commit financial suicide on lenpenzo.com. Stop Ouch. on by. A gruesome read. Yeah. That's gruesome. like a gruesome read. Speaking of gruesome, how's your weekend going to be, OG? <laughs> It's like the worst transition ever. Did we lose him? <laughs> no, sorry. I was on mute and then my phone was locked and I'm like, I don't know how to undo this fast. <laughs> All I was thinking about was my witty comeback of weird. Len gets to go first again. <laughs> weird how that all plays out always in Len's favor. Uh, this so. weekend for me, a little after school activity on Saturday. And then uh, hey, um, it's the humane thing to do. <laughs> Let grandpa go first. I know. Yep. Yep. Sounds interesting. Yep. Uh, after school activity this weekend, uh, <laughs> a little golf tournament on Sunday. Got a Mr. and Mrs. OG couples golf tournament, which is, uh, uh, I have told her that she better bring her A game or else uh, we are winners in the OG household. So yeah, that's what's going on this weekend for me. And Paula, what's happening? What nuclear physicist do you have coming up on the Afford Anything podcast? <laughs> well, on the, the, you know, the big thing happening around Afford Anything is we are about to open the doors to our course. The spring semester of our rental property investing course, your first awesome. rental property. That is, uh, that's about to happen. So happening again. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be one of our biggest and best semesters. We've got a bunch of TAs on board. We've got a bunch of updates to the course. We've got just, we, I, I just came out of a three hour planning meeting this morning. Holy so moly. yeah, very, very excited for hey, hey, the Paul. semester ahead. Yes. Do you grade on a curve? Do I grade on a curve? Well, you don't get grades, but you do get quizzed. There are many quizzes throughout the course. And the more questions you answer correctly, the more like dancing cat gifs you get oh, to see. Oh, wow. Nice. Which, right, which you curve. hand those over to your real estate professional and that and turns into a pay, house. And people pay to take those? <laughs> Absolutely. And people are paying the, to get quizzed. And, and, and <laughs> to, to get quizzed, to get worksheets, spreadsheets, community support, um, to get, it. yeah, all of the lessons, all the knowledge, That's all awesome. the, yeah. Hey, hey, Len, new here says, uh, hanging out with us, says they're grading your audio on a curve. <laughs> thank god <laughs> br- bring it up the average thank god for that yes absolutely <laughs> all right and 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 we'll link to the course on our show notes at staggybedjamins.com unless there's anything else paula oh thank you thank you yeah it's just uh afford anything.com slash vip list that's awesome. that's where you go all right, that's going to do it for today. Big thanks to the team at Podbean for letting us take part in uh, Finance Podcast Week. The fact that Norma Jean at Podbean was able to help us get this together is a long, funny story, but we we got it done. So thanks to them. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today. Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? Take a lesson from our roundtable discussion. Lifestyle design? It's very important to getting your money right. And because we don't know the future, you should always tweak the plan and leave room for flexibility. But the big lesson...
being a star isn't all it's cracked up to be. I mean, you hope it'll improve your dating life, but all it really means is a bunch of middle-aged personal finance nerds want to take pictures with you. <laughs> oh, who am I kidding? You're my peeps! Get over here and let's snap a few selfies. Come on! To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. You can find more from Paula Pant by tuning into the Afford Anything podcast. And to check out what Len Penzo has to say, just head on over to lenpenzo.com. This show is created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens here stays here. And we have had so much fun. I wish that we could have talked about all of the things that people have said as we made the show. And uh, I don't want to speak for all you guys, but to me, it's a little intimidating having, having an audience while we're doing this. But I do want to highlight this one to start off our conversation. JSJ143 says, wow, Steve Stewart sure has his work cut out for him. Now I understand why they call him the amazing Steve Stewart. Because when you hear it behind the scenes, there's a lot of cut and paste that happens. Uh, 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 generally, about, generally about half of what Len says. You can see we paste it together later. <laughs> or you just cut it out. <laughs> Probably not, Mr. Penzo. Probably Probably not. Germo asks if we can make the silence a flat one minute because his podcast player forwards in 30 second intervals. <laughs> Have you ever had that where, where you, where you hit the back button, seriously, you hit the back button and you're like, damn, I overshot it by a mile. And you go back and listen to the same thing. And then while you're listening to all this crap that you heard before you zone out and you miss it again. Yeah. Yep. It drives me, drives me crazy. Uh, big question here from, uh, dim three seventy seven, I believe D I M, uh, any benefit to paying down student loans while interest rates are frozen? What do you guys think? I would say at this point, and at least for the next six months or until we have a more clear answer about what, uh, the government is going to do related to student loans, I would make only the minimum payments. And if you do plan on making extra payments, put that aside in a savings account and just wait for a few months. It doesn't have to be forever, but wait for four months, six months, pick a date, pick sort of a, an end date to your waiting. Don't let it go on in perpetuity. Oh, do you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that uh, you should make any payments while it's at 0% and deferred. But I do think that you should not lose the habit of the payment. So what Paula was saying, I think, also kind of sort of makes sense, which is take the payment that you were going to do and put it somewhere else. 
Mm. So you can determine later down the line whether or not you want to take that as a lump sum and then apply it to the loans, or if you just want to keep it in your you know investment account or whatever. The downside of payment deferral is that you're not you're not using that muscle. You know you don't have any idea of, you know what it like what it's like from a cash flow standpoint to be writing that five hundred dollar a month check because you haven't done it for a year and now going to be almost two years by the time that the that the forbearance stuff is over. Now, obviously, it's a little different if you have uh, uh, an income change and that sort of stuff. But if you don't, if you're lucky enough to still be working and everything is hunky-dory and you're still not paying that $500 a month payment, uh, make sure that that money goes somewhere else so that you don't lose that habit. And then when they turn it back on again or they forget some or who knows what, at least you'll be comfortable from a, from a cash flow standpoint. Yeah. To clarify, we are in agreement. When, when I um, oh, when I said right. minimum payment, I just meant minimum required. So if you have any private yeah. loans, for example. Oh, see, yeah. look at, look at Paula, like slapping me around. <laughs> indeed. If you have pl- private loans, indeed, make the, uh, make the minimum. So yeah, there you go. Okay. I like it when you two fight better though. That's, it's way better. Uh, the <laughs> Paul is so, he, it's so nice to be like, bam, Paul is like, Hey, I'm just going to just point out the, the uh, I was right, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to do it really nice. And you're going to feel weird about it at the end. Uh, uh, we've got one here from Jolo. Uh, uh, Len, we'll start with you on this one. Jolo says, when people discuss emergency funds, if you're married and sharing an account, should the emergency fund be for both people, like six months cash reserve per person? I think that depends on whether you guys spend separately or not. Uh, I would say, you know, your your household expenses are your household expenses. So I would say the six months is for your total household expenses, regardless of how you have it separate. But OG, do you agree with the with the premise here? Six months? Well, you know, three, six, twelve. I mean, there's a lot of people who right now would say, uh, "Hey, I had a twelve month cash reserve, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on month fifteen. And then there's some people who have really stable jobs, and three months is more than adequate. I I would be cautious to think about this in the context of what your expenses are, not your income. And also recognize uh, the variability or the volatility maybe of your employment. You know, if you're in a job that's not going to go away and you're pretty confident of that, then you can be on the more uh, aggressive side of that, which would be, you know, three to six. If you're in a career that uh, you have a higher likelihood of being laid off or transition or something like that, I think you got to be six to 12. But like what Len said, you know, your expenses are your expenses. However, you guys decide to split them up and pay them is, is, is kind of immaterial to that calculation. Paul, uh, you have separate emergency funds, right? You got an emergency fund for yourself and also one for your uh, properties. Uh, yeah, actually, I've got three. I've got one for myself, I've got one for my properties, and I've got one for my business for afford anything. I thought you were going to say, and I have an emergency fund for my emergency fund. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and do you stick to six months? Uh, no, no, it varies. So for afford anything, my goal is twelve months. I don't always hit it. I'm always working towards 12 months, but it, I'd say it fluctuates within the six to 12 range. The money that I set aside for afford anything includes the salary that I pay myself. Um, and then, so my personal emergency fund is barely three months, you know, if that, because so much of it is included in the fact that I'm setting aside my own salary. Yeah, because it's protected. In, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think my personal is probably in the two to three month like range. And then for the properties, it's six months. So I'm all over the map. I'm any, I am literally anywhere from, from two to 12. I want to combine two questions here. PBG wants us to continue a discussion that we had when Lauren Williams was on the show. Oh, gee, you missed this one. We were talking about good debt versus bad. Len said there is good debt. Lauren said there is no such thing as, as good debt. It's all bad. And Paula jumped in and said, I don't even like that premise. It's cash flow positive debt or something like that. Uh, anyway, the, the, uh, I, I didn't do a great job of summarizing that. However, to that point, there's a piece or there's a question here from Market This 53 that says, Joe says to invest in an S&P 500 fund instead of a 15-year mortgage. Why just S&P 500 instead of a normal 100% equity portfolio, including international or small cap? Probably, I, I'm guessing, like the total index. Uh, two things there. Number one is if you're going to do that strategy, don't use a 15-year mortgage, use a 30. 
because over 15, there's a chance that you're going to come close over 30 historically. Your goal here is to maximize the difference in, in the rate of return you're going to earn uh, from your money versus the interest that you're going to pay. So it really needs to be a 30. If you're going to go with a 15, you're on, I think, a whole different trajectory, which I also actually like, which is paying off the mortgage early. The problem with paying off the mortgage early is only one, and that's if you get down to your very last payment and you can't make it, the question is how much of your house does the bank take? They don't take that little, just tiny one little payment. They take the whole house. So if something goes really, really wrong and you don't have liquidity and you've been throwing all your money at your primary residence, you know, there is that, that downside, which is why, you know, you have the emergency fund, but, um, I mean, you guys see a difference in, let's say you were going to use that strategy though. Uh, OG, you're going to use a 30 year mortgage S and P 500 versus the total stock market index. Does it matter? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, when you say invest it, you just mean get it out of your pockets, <laughs> you know, invest it. It doesn't matter where you want to put it because any of those things over 30 years or 15 years or 20 years or whatever is going to be fine. You yeah, it's got to be equities uh, that are going to beat the pants off of inflation and the and the interest rate that you earn or that you're paying. Yeah. And uh, I think that the big win and, and ugh, we're coming out of it now, you're seeing interest rates come up. I mean, I think the big win is the 15 year and pay that thing off. Uh, you get just insanely low interest. Uh, almost all of your payments is going to principal at this point if, you, if you've refinanced lately. And uh, on the good debt, bad debt thing, you know, kind of where this falls, I think that all uh, maybe maybe this is just too uh, generic, but I think that all bankers are terrible. Like every time you need money, like they bring you through the register, but then if you don't need it, they send you credit card offers right. about the yin yang right. in the mail. You know what I mean? Like it's like no, no, no. I needed it three months ago because of this, you know, situation going on, and you and it was a pain in the butt to deal with. But now I don't need it, and now you want to give it to me. You know, I don't know. Uh, I think that there's obviously mathematically good debt. I get the idea of interest rate arbitrage and all that sort of nonsense, but um, far far too few people actually pull that off. You know, to make your stuff work, what you're talking about, Joe, of invest the difference, do the 30-year mortgage, make the difference between the 30-year mortgage and the 15-year payment, take that money and invest it. I just think too many people along the way aren't going to do that because just life gets in the way. But if you do then it's awesome. Like if it works out, it works out great. If it doesn't work out, then you got 15 more years of paying your house off. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. sucks. So yep. we're going to hang out here for just a couple more minutes. Uh, Len, a question for you. How many months of MREs are in your bunker? Do we, did we lose Len again? We lost Len. I don't think we lost his phone. I think he just fell asleep. He's he, listening to the hardcore history podcast. He probably is. Yeah. And actually, uh, uh, last question, and Paula, we'll start with you on this one. Are we due for another recession, Bluebell asked, like what happened in 2008 or a Great Depression? I mean, while it is impossible to ever know the future with perfect precision, there is no evidence that we are heading into another recession or depression. And granted, I say that with the caveat that, again, these things are hard to forecast, but typically, the reasons why people might assume that we may be going into one is people will look at the amount of time that has happened between the last recession and now, and they'll say, well, it's been over a decade, so aren't we due for one? Don't, don't these things happen cyclically, and aren't we due for one? And the thing is, bull markets don't die of old age. They die for other reasons. They die because people are overleveraged, um, or they die because of some type of crack in the fundamental infrastructure of, of the financial markets that ultimately gets exposed. And those things can happen at any time. But a bull market doesn't die of old age alone. In Australia, they're in the 28 year. Don't, don't quote me on that number, but they're in a very multi, multi, multi-decade bull run. So short answer is, as of now, there is no evidence that I can see uh, that we are headed for another recession. and forecasting is impossible. Well, and I mean, the other side of Australia, I mean, look at Japan and the huge number of years, their market did absolutely nothing. Like don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't predict where it's going to go. 
Oh, gee, I think you would say that we probably are due. It's just a matter of when, and we, and we probably shouldn't bet. Maybe. I can hear Len's birds chirping, and I got nothing from OG. <laughs> Len, you're back. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I, it was going crazy. What was there something about? Is there a recession? Is that what I, what I heard? Yes. We uh, somebody asked if we're due for uh, we we do for uh, another two thousand eight or uh, big time depression. And he's gone again. I'm back. I figured out how to, I was I was chatting. I'm just, I was chatting and I couldn't figure out how to get out of the chat window and back to the microphone. And you're and you're right, Joe. I mean, and Paul is right on this as well. There is no way to predict the future. Uh, the short answer is, yeah, absolutely, we're going to have another recession, depression. Yeah, I don't know about that, but a recession, sure, as as defined by two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Of course, it's going to happen. Is it going to happen starting now? We don't know. I mean, the thing about trying to time out your because the question within the question here is, what do I do with my money if that's the case? Right. That's the real question. It's not like, are we going to have a recession? And it's just like, what, what do I do with my stock portfolio if we're in a recession? And the reality is, is that you don't know you're in it until you're in it. And so by the time, you know, how do you know the difference between a routine minus 10 percent period of time, which, by the way, the average intra year uh peak to bottom is minus 14%. So if you're looking at your, your investment accounts and you, ha- you you see, oh, well, I had this amount of money and now I have 14% less in this year, that's average. Like that's an average year of uh, is going to happen throughout the year. So how do you know that that goes from that to minus 25 and, oh my gosh, we're in a recession or, hey, we're at minus 14 and, and you know, we finish up 10% like we always do on average for the year, right? Yeah, so yeah. there's there's no way to understand or predict based on that information what to do. So the only thing you can do is to is to stay the course and make sure that you're covered for, you know, those ancillary type things like, well, if I'm in a recession, that might mean that my job might be in jeopardy. So that also means I need to make sure I have a good cash reserve. And so if you do all the if you do all the foundational building block stuff correctly, then you don't have to be as concerned with, oh, my goodness, my money is down 20 percent or the economy is taking a crap or the housing market blew up or I just lost my job because of a recession because you've taken care of all those things. It's just when you don't, that's when all those other things start snowballing and dominoing. Kind of like what Paula said, it's like there's a chink in the armor and then everything gets exposed through that thing. And if you're kind of right in the edge and you don't uh, have all the foundational stuff done correctly, you know, that's when you also blow up financially. And if Lem were here, he'd say it's tomorrow. <laughs> hey, this I'm is Norma Jean here from Finance Podcast I Week. Mean, I think that is the here. perfect place. I think that is the perfect, perfect place. place to end this. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval. 